We're here to talk about Father's Day, and as I, uh, as I reflected earlier, it's interesting how when you study through a passage of the Bible and you're working through it, all of a sudden you come to a special day or whatever, and it relates to what you're studying. So when I came to this passage this morning, and it was Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says, honor your father. I thought that's very apropos for Father's Day, and we're going to talk about that. Honor your father and your mother. And your days will be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And of course, when they were receiving that command, Israel had been promised the land through Abraham and his descendants. And it was a specific land, and the promise is still there. And he says, if you honor your parents, you can realize that that promise is going to be there. But when you dishonor and you disobey and you fall away from me, then you're going to be removed from the land. And that happened to the nation of Israel as the Babylonians and the Assyrians came in and took them away from the land that God has given them. But the promise is still there. And so I was looking at that, and I thought, wow. God is faithful. And we see the nation coming back in the land today. It just shows the faithfulness of God to his promises. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But, you know, it's kind of like Danelda. I was... Uh, looking around, and I, and I read the story, a couple of stories I want to share with you this morning. The first was about a man that took his five-year-old son, uh, probably about Elijah's age or a little younger, a little younger than Elijah, but took his son to this church where they had a children's sermon. Have you ever been to a church where they have a children's, children's sermon? You know, the pastor invites all of the kids up. Paco has. He probably used to do them. But uh, they invite all the kids up, and they sit on the floor and, and listen to the pastor as he shares. And the pastor pulled out a smoke detector that one Sunday morning. Little Jack was there, and he was sitting on the floor, and his father had sent him up. And uh, the pastor asked the question, does anyone know what it means when this alarm goes off? <laughs> Little Jack immediately spoke up, and he says, it means my father's cooking dinner. <laughs> and uh, we, we hope that's not you guys, but uh, that, that's kind of it. Another little boy was asked, what is the definition of Father's Day? And some of you may relate to this. He, it's, he said, Father's Day is a lot like Mother's Day, only the gifts aren't quite as expensive. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I think dads like bigger gifts than moms sometimes, and it goes the other way around. So, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. How many of you know Jeff Foxworthy? Comedian. Okay, he made this statement. You know, you know Jeff. He said, since Father's Day, I would like to share with you two things you will never hear a man say on Father's Day. You would never hear a father say to his son, here are the keys to my brand new truck, and here is my platinum MasterCard. Go wild. Never going to hear that. You would never hear a father say to his wife. Now, this is one I think some of you get. This is kind of a husband thing. Honey, I have the urge to go shopping. Let's spend all afternoon at the mall. I'll even carry your purse. Probably not going to hear that, babe. No, you know that. Jeff Foxworthy had it done. But well, we want to talk about dads today. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. If you go back to the book of Ephesians, it's a great cross-reference to this passage it talks about being a good parent beginning in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 it says children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right this is this is what God says should be happening in the family obedience 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you. And there's no longer, because this is the church, it's not the, it's not the promise of the land, but it's so that you may live long on the earth. And when we are obedient to our parents, probably living lives that uh, probably aren't going to get us in so much trouble because of our obedience, life will tend to be longer. We don't get ourselves into trouble there. Verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. We're going to come back to that. But bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. This is the uh, fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. The first four have to do with the great commandment. It says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And so the first four had to do with our love for God. You shall have no other God before me. In other words, that's the priority of God in our life. There's nothing else is to take the place of God. You shall not make for yourself any graven image or any idol. You're not to have any inferior gods. Anything that isn't of the level of God that would take his place. The third command had to do with honoring his name. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not dishonor God in the way you speak about him or the way you live because we call ourselves Christians uh, to, to live a life that is fruitless is to in a way take the name of God in vain and so we don't do that the fourth one had to do with the day of worship it was God's day remember the Sabbath to keep it holy we talked about that a week ago and just the importance of having that time set aside to worship God uh, make it a priority that we give God that day uh, as the norm. And so I, I think that's important that we do that. But as we come to this passage, it has to do with love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. The next six commandments deal with that. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not co covet anything your neighbor had. And so we're to have a right relationship with them. But today, it, it, it begins with the most basic of relationships, and that's a relationship between husband and wife and their children. Honor your father. Honor your father. You know what? That, that term honor uh, has to do with weight. It, it means it's a weighty commandment. It's, it's a heavy one. It's a great responsibility. It's not one that's to be forgotten. It is one that we hold as important to honor our father and our mother. And, and today we're speaking specifically of dads. And, you know, I think that's a little bit difficult for some of us. And, unless we're trained, unless we have a dad that, that really comes alongside. And I said it earlier, I struggle a little bit with this commandment because um, I've known of dads that just really aren't worthy very much of honor. Uh, they leave the home. If you want to know, I'll tell you something that I've learned, dads. I, I see when marriages split up, I think sometimes or oftentimes people say, oh, the kids will get over it. I, I think daughters are sometimes hurt more than their mothers. And it stays with them. And I look at that and, and I think, wow, how can we do that? That's one reason I asked that question today. How many of you have gone out on a daddy-daughter date? 
How many of you are spending time with your daughters, building into them a knowledge of what that man they're looking for should be like? Developing the relationship so that they have an understanding of what's important. Kids need to learn to honor their parents. And yet when we look at kids, it, it's probably not natural. Little children, well, they're kind of selfish, aren't they? Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> kind of self-centered, it's about me, what I want. You want to go someplace? I don't want to go there. The whole time they're there, they're, they don't want to be there. That's not what they want to do. And uh, they don't show a lot of honor at that point. Teenagers, young adults, you know, they, they get to that point where <laughs> parents are kind of ignorant and antiquated and they don't know how to do things. You mean I've got to start your computer again? You want me to turn on the TV? You know, they look at them as you don't know very much. When they reach that point of young adulthood, starting a family, they're busy. They're beginning their own lives. They don't have as much time for mom and dad as they once did. And, and it's hard. They get to the middle-aged and their parents begin to get older. And the relationship changes. It goes from parents taking care of kids to kids taking care of parents. And sometimes that relationship can get wearisome. And it can be a struggle. And so we go through these phases in life, and then you reach old age. You're older. And your parents are gone. And you wish you could sit down with dad one more time. My dad used to, uh, to call me every Sunday when I went in the ministry. He'd call me when church was over and he'd say, Andy, how'd it go today? <laughs> We're praying for you. Just want you to know I'm thinking about you. And I'd say, man, I wish he wouldn't call me. I want to go take a nap. But I wish he could call me today. I wish I could talk to Dad. He was so wise in so many ways. When I was younger, I didn't know that, but I learned that. And so we reach that point where they're not there anymore and we look at our kids and they're busy and don't have as much time. And we fail sometimes to honor them as much as we should to make that priority that should be there. It says, honor your father and mother. Show them respect. I think honors kind of like faith. James talked about faith. He says, faith without works is dead. It's, it's not really faith at all. You, you can say you have faith, but if you don't do anything about it, there's nothing there. We can say we honor our parents, we honor our dad, we honor our mom, but if there's no evidence, then it's really not honor. It's just verbalized. What do we do to show honor to our parents? How do we honor them? How do we respect them? Why do we do that? Let me uh, give you one reason. And, and I will tell you today that one reason is because God says we should. Your parents gave you life, whether they were great parents or not, whether they were always there or not. You're here because of them. And so we stop and we realize that and realize without them, I wouldn't have this life. I wouldn't enjoy what I'm doing. I wouldn't have the things that are here. It's the, it's the beginning. And so there's a point where we honor them for the position they hold. There's a lot of things in our life today 
that maybe we look at it and we say, why do I have to honor them? There may be political individuals. Why do I honor them? Because of the position they hold. And it's the same thing with a dad. The other thing I would tell you about honoring your father is that if your father wasn't a perfect father, you need to take time to forgive. You need to take time to put aside those feelings of animosity and anger that consume you because they do nothing but distort and destroy your life and affect your other relationships. You see what your dad was like. You have expectations that others are going to treat you the same way, and you need to be willing to forgive. In fact, back in Ephesians chapter 4, in the 32nd verse, Ephesians 4, 32, Paul made this statement. He said, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And with all our failings, and we all have them, God forgives. All you have to do is come and say, Lord, would you forgive me? And he promises he'll do that. And that's where we are with our family members. That's where we are with our dad. It's so easy to be angry at one another, and, and we need to lay the anger aside and restore the relationships. And whether your dad is alive or not, doesn't mean he's going to be your best friend, doesn't mean you're going to spend all of your time with him, but it certainly means that we lay aside the anger and the bitterness and show respect and honor for who he is. Dads, I'm going to tell you something today. You're here today, and so I don't think you're those dads that are gone. But there are certain things you can do that help your kids honor you. And that's really the important thing for me today, that we as dads understand what God wants us to do and how we are to honor him and uh, care for him. And I, I, there are three things, and I really don't have time to go over them all today, but let me just hit very quickly three things you need to do. Number one is you need to let your kids know they're important. We go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 again. It says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. To provoke them to anger is to exasperate them, to frustrate them. To, it, it's not just a, a, a momentary anger, but there is this deep-seated resentment and anger that they carry because of the way they're treated. Maybe they're treated as so young they can't do anything and they don't have any respect from dad. And, and, and maybe, on the other hand, they're expected too much of them and they can't fulfill it. It's understanding who they are. It's... it's recognizing who they are back in Colossians chapter 3 verse 19 it says or actually uh, verse 21 children do not or fathers do not exasperate your children so that they may not lose heart and so I would just tell you today that dads you need to build the self-esteem of your child so that your child feels good and understands who they are it's not an arrogant pride but it's an understanding that I'm okay you need to deal first with their looks. Do you want to know something? Uh, I think that's true for little girls, but also little boys. There are enough people who would tell them they don't look great. Some little kids, you look at them and they walk into the supermarket and everybody's looking at this little girl and she's dressed so nice and she got the cute dress and she got the big smile and the curls and they say, oh, she's so cute, she's so adorable. And some other little girl comes in and it's like they don't even notice her. 
they go to school and people maybe make fun of their size. Uh, brothers and sisters do that. Do you ever notice that? Brothers and sisters will do that to you. My brothers call me brat. They call me little britches. They call me runt. They call me all kinds of bad names that I still remember. People would say, you know, Andy, I, I didn't have quite the build today that I had back then. Uh, I turned sideways, put my tongue out, and they'd think I was a zipper. You know, it, those kinds of things. When you're that thin, there's all kinds of things they say. They say if your ears are big, oh, you're like Dumbo, you can fly. I heard that. That's why my hair goes over my ears today. Your little children will have people tell them they don't look great. But I'm going to tell you what. My parents never said anything that was negative about how I looked. My mom said, you look just like your dad. You're so handsome. I knew she was lying. I looked in the mirror. I did look like him. But, but you know, it's good. And little girls, dads can say hurtful things about what they look like and their size. And we can be respectful in terms of, of constructive criticism about certain things and saying, well, you need to do this or need to do that. But little girls need to have their daddies tell them they're beautiful. Don't demoralize them. Because there's enough people that will do that, and the mirror will do that. And I'm told that everybody that looks in the mirror sees their shortcomings, the area where they're not perfect. Even Miss America looks in, and she can see the things that aren't right. But we need to have parents that say, you look okay. I, I believe that in that same idea of not exasperating them uh, is, is how do you look, number one, they look great. Number two, how do I do? Can I really accomplish anything? Am I a good worker? Can I, can I have self-esteem or, or feel positive about what I do? Am I, am I secure in who I am? You know, the Jews had a, had a tradition. They, they would take a child and every child had to have uh, some type of job that they were trained to do. Now, you look at Paul. He was a Pharisee. He was educated. He had the very best education. He sat under Gamaliel, and, and he was the greatest teacher in, in Jerusalem. Apparently, his parents had sent him from where they lived to where Gamaliel was, and he was trained there. But every boy had to learn to do something with his hands. And Paul learned to be a tent maker. He wasn't just an intellectual he, he needed to learn to do something that was, was good and prepared. Kids need to be trained, and, and we're kind of taking things off here today, but kids need to be trained to take care of themselves so when they leave the home, they're secure and, and, and they can face life. Second Timothy or Second Thessalonians, I've used this passage before, but we don't want our children in this position. In verses 10 through 12, it says, or even if when we were with you, we used to give you the order, if anyone is not willing to work, then he's not to eat either. Or we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now, such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work in a quiet fashion to eat their own bread. And what I'm basically saying is that dads, moms, we need to raise up our kids so that they learn to begin with. They work in the home. They're part of that. They are to obey their parents. That means to hear under. It comes from a word that means to 
hear under. They listen to what that person in authority says. I'm going to come back to it in a second. But they hear what they say and they respond. And so our kids need to learn to begin to work at home. Have those jobs. Start out with a job they can do when they're little. Picking up their toys and, and going up from there. Let me ask you, and, and my dad never did this. I wish he had. I don't think he knew how. How many have ever trained your kids to change the oil in your car? One. How many have ever trained your kids to do a brake job? One. You see, I wish my dad had done that, but he didn't know how. His dad hadn't taught him. And I think we need to work with our kids, and, and I don't know how many of you men do that. Here, we can go down to the shop and have somebody do it, which is what I do, and I pay the money to have it done. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's learning to do jobs and work with our hands. My dad taught me other things. Um, I like trail life right now. We have an organization here. It meets every other Tuesday. And it, is, it is, uh, comes out of Boy Scouts. But it's, it's, it's a program where boys come in with their dads. Their dad has to be there with them. And they learn to do all kinds of physical things. One night I was there, they... We're learning to make a planter, and the boys were learning to pound nails, and they were learning to hammer and how to take care of that. Last week, I understand they learned to tie knots. Another day I was there, they learned about irrigation systems and how the sprinklers worked, and uh, they're going to be going on a camp out, and each boy has to know what he needs to bring. He needs to have so much money. He needs to have a budget. He needs to go buy and purchase all the things he's going to bring, he needs to be able to set up his camp and take care of it. That's a middle schoolers. It isn't just somebody doing the work for them. As they get up, they're trained for leadership. They're trained to do a job. And uh, if you have kids in those age groups, man, I encourage you, dads with boys, <laughs> girls can't be part, uh, but if boys want to be there, I, I encourage you to bring them. It is a great organization, a great program, and it's part of this church. And it's on Tuesday nights, and so... Uh, I encourage you to be part of it, but they're training boys to be men. And, uh, man, I think that is, that is so important that, that we do that. I'm just going to give you um, quickly the value of self is the first principle I want to give you the, this morning. The second one is value of those in re authority over them, and that's the idea of respect. And we've already read Ephesians 6.1, but as children obey your parents, you are to cooperate in the family. And uh, like I say, I'm not going to go through all of this because it's time to end this morning. We had a lot of things going on. But I want to just tell you today, without going through the scriptures I have, if your children do not learn to respect authority in the home, they will not respect authority when they get older. And we have gone away from doing what we need to do. Children tend to want to manipulate their parents so they can begin to make the decisions on what they want to do and how they want to do it and when the family should do it rather than following along with the family. And the first place we learn authority is with our dad. He's to be a leader in our home. He's to set direction. When I was... Uh, a young person. I said, I'm really going to abbreviate this this morning. When I was a young person, we were taught to respect those in authority over us. We were taught to respect peace officers, 
policemen. We were taught to respect civil authorities. We were taught to respect the person you work for, your employer. Colossians 3, 22 and 23 says that we are to work as unto the Lord. We are to go beyond the level of what we need to do for our employers. Uh, Romans 13, 1 and 2 speaks of the fact that we are to honor the civil authorities over us because God placed them there. They keep the peace. And so it begins at home, parents. The value of authority, the value of organization and working down through that. I hear too much today of complaining about people in authority instead of supporting them. It's, it's important that they learn to appreciate those who are in authority. I, as I mentioned, as a young person, my parents would talk about police officers, and uh, for the most part, it was, if you have a problem or there's an issue, you go to them for help. You don't run away from them. But what I hear on television today is a whole lot more of how they tend to be the enemy than rather than the one who is there to support us. And our parents, our kids need to learn from us. And they need to learn that they are to support the authority in the home as well as the authority outside of the home. Dad's one other value I want to teach you, I want to give you this morning, and that is that you need to train your children in terms of their moral and life values. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. There are other passages that I have, but I just want to look at these. It says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up. That's your responsibility, dads. You, you're responsible there. The church helps, but it's you. Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Bring them up in the principles that are important. Teach them to respect. Teach them to respect you. Teach them to be honest. Teach them not to throw temper tantrums and sass and call names. You know, in Ephesians 2.29, it says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for the building up of the moment. We aren't to allow our kids to tear each other down or to tear us down. And I think that's so important. Teach them values. Teach them moral values. Teach them to appreciate others. Teach them to appreciate the things that are done for them. Dads, let them know what's important. Very quickly, teach them to value themselves. They need to have a positive view of who they are, and that comes from you. You first need to teach them one thing. You need to teach them that they're made in the image of God, and you need to teach them that God loves them and they have a relationship with him, and that makes them a child of the king. That makes them somebody special. That self-image begins there. And then it moves on from there in terms of the fact that they are individuals that, that God will use to do positive things. Second thing you need to do is you need to teach them to value authority. Teach them to value the authority in the home. Dads, you need to be leaders. That means you need to be at home. Does It, it means you go to work. 
but you're also at home. You're not going gone every place else. You can't be a leader if you're not there very well. And then the third thing is you need to teach them moral values. And I look at America today, and our moral values are a shambles. We don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore. You watch television, you're not going to know whether uh, what marriage is about. One of the first things that your son ought to learn, dads, and your daughters ought to learn is how to be a husband and how to be a wife. Because when they get married, they need to know that. And a lot of them go into marriage relationships, and they don't know how. And they struggle. Who's in control? Who's in charge? How do we work things out? How do we work together? How do I do a budget? How do we raise kids? And you see, that all starts with you. Moral values, what you say, what you don't say. Your language needs to be right first. And then your children's needs to be right because yours is right. And the expectations are that that's the way it's going to be in the home. They need to write you know, right moral values. When they go out on a date, they should know exactly what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing on a date and what's acceptable before God and what isn't. There are so many things that we can teach our kids, but it begins with you. And it begins with me. I, as your pastor, need to set an example. The Bible says that you come under the authority, the headship of, of that pastor. It says you're to respect those who are in positions of leadership. But then it goes on beyond that, and it says in your home, dads, you're it. And so we're here to honor our fathers and our mothers today, but mostly our dads. And I would encourage you to go home, though I kind of rambled and I got off from my message. I want you to go home and I want you to sit down as dads and say, how am I doing? Maybe talk to your wife. How am I doing? Am I a good dad? Have, have, have I really accomplished what God wants me to do? Now, when your kids get to be 18, 19, and 20, they're going to go out and make their own decision. You can't determine everything your child does. But I believe you set the tone and the goal for them as they grow and for the generations to follow in your home from the time they come in, that little bundle of crying and sleeping and eating and doing other things <laughs> until they get to be old enough to leave. And they're under the authority of your home. Let's pray. Father, you know, I, I know that I've kind of gone off this morning. I prepare a sermon and the principles and, and they're there. But Father, this is such a... It, it's an emotional issue for me, Father. And I know it's because you've implanted it on my heart that, that as dads, we need to step up and be the leaders in our home you called us to be. You need to, to help us and show us how to set aside those things that get in the way, Father, that keep us from being the kind of dads we're supposed to be. Help us to raise our kids, Father, in such a way that they learn to love you and to submit to your word and do the things that you ask of them. Help them to, as they get old enough, to build their own families that are based on the principles of the word of God. Oh, God. There it is, the fifth commandment. Honor your father and your mother. Honor dad and mom. The most basic relationship in the world 
relationship of the husband and the wife and the children. And so, Father, I pray right now for each family that's here. I pray, Father, that you would bless them, that you would strengthen them, that you would give the dads in this congregation, the granddads in this congregation, wisdom in terms of how you want them to live and relate to their kids. Oh, it's so important, Father. I don't know how to express it strongly enough, the importance of a godly dad. I'm so thankful I had one, but Father, I've talked to so many that haven't. Dad left home early, or Dad was out doing things he shouldn't have been doing, or Dad was abusive. I, you know, I've heard about those relationships. I've heard about them happening in the church, Father, and it shouldn't be. And being a dad and a man, Father, I, I'm more caught up with that than I am just with the relationship and the role of the mom. They're both important. They're both essential. But I think in a lot of ways, we've lost our dads. They're to be the guys out leading the way. They're the point man that's out in the daily life, protecting the family, meeting the needs of the family, caring for them, coming home at night, being there for the family. Father, give us wisdom. These guys have a huge job ahead of them. It's an overwhelming task to be a dad. And I don't think we take it serious enough at times. And so, Father, I pray that you would bless our families and bless our dads this morning. Thank you. Thank you for the godly dads that we've had. Thank you for my dad and just the impact he had on my life. Not a perfect dad, but a good dad. Thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.